continues to move forward, and we follow the cloud through all of these steps moving forward. And that's a series that we're in, and I don't think it was an accident that that's the series that we're in, but we're just following the cloud of God's Spirit every single step. We're learning to hear God's voice one next step at a time. I like to plan things out in my head 1,000 steps ahead. I lo- I'm like, oh, yeah, we're, we're going there. We're going there, babe. Isn't that right? Yes. Yes, <laughs> yes it is true. What are you going to say? You say, no, you can't right now. <laughs> but the problem is, is I, don't ever, I, I rarely get that picture. I rarely get those steps. I'll, I'll get the next step in front of us, which is why Scripture talks all the time about depending on God each step at a time. The Word is a lamp unto our feet. I wish it was like a lamp, like way, way ahead, but it's right here. It's right here, and so we're going to walk in it. All right, so we're going to go ahead and dig into our, to our message. We are in a series um, this morning called Follow the Cloud. It comes from the passage of Scripture when the Israelites, um, the, the children of Abraham, are, have been slaves in Egypt. Moses leads them out in this spectacular, sensational way. They show up to the Red Sea, and it's, stand, it's like just in front of them. They don't know where to go. They're stuck. Seas in front of them. The Egyptians have come on behind them. And then you guys know the story. The entire thing is parted right down the middle, and water shoots up on the side, and the, uh, the children of Abraham walk across. They get to the other side, and God begins to lead them What scripture says is a cloud by day, a pillar of cloud by day, and a pillar of fire by night. And so when the cloud stops for a day, then they stop for a day. And then when it moves for a day, they move for a day. And then when the cloud stops for a year, they stop for a year. They don't know how long it's going to stop. And so what we're learning to do is, in this series, is what does it look like to follow the cloud of God's spirit one step at a time? We're not planning a thousand steps ahead. God's got a plan for you a thousand steps ahead. But more than likely, you don't know it. <laughs> and I don't know it either. And that's what the, that is what we mean by a walk by faith. We're learning to walk by faith, not by sight. All right, so a passage this morning is in Matthew chapter 14. This is the New Testament. Um, this is with Jesus. So the passage of Scripture with the pillar of fire uh, and the pillar of cloud is 2,000 years before with Moses. And so, uh, but our scripture this morning is uh, in Matthew chapter 14. We're in um, our second step of following the cloud. Last week, uh, we talked about, well, the first week we talked about awakening, just realizing God speaks. And the first step that we looked at was that the first thing we got to realize is who we are in Christ, our identity, a son and a daughter of God. And this week, what we want to look at is our next step, which is our relationship, who God is in us. We got to know who we are in him and who God is in us before we can know what he's called us to do and our purpose. This morning we're going to look at how do we develop and build a relationship with the creator of the universe. You know, just a little small thing there. All right. Matthew chapter 14, beginning verse uh, 22. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat. All right, just so you know, Jesus just fed 5,000 people. Imagine you're there. 5,000 people get fed. The disciples are there. They're just as blown away as the rest of them. They're just going, this is, this is, this is the next level. This is, we're on another level here. Like, it's just, we're, we leveled up. And so right after Jesus feeds the 5,000, immediately he makes the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. 
After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. So there's a little bit of storm going on. So shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the water, all right? When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. Imagine, you're on a boat. You may be hanging out with Jesus, but he's not with you. And you look out, and somebody's walking across the water. You can laugh and think, oh, those disciples, they thought it was a ghost. You know, what a bunch of dummies. No, you and I would have thought the same thing. Like, there's somebody walking on the water. All right, it's getting weird. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it's me, don't be afraid. And then here comes my favorite character in all of the Bible, Lord, if it's you, Simon Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come on then, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, just a little, you know, walked on the water, no big deal, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you even doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down, and then those who were in the boat worshiped him, saying, truly, you're the son of God. Yeah, I probably would have thought the same thing. Truly, you're the son of God. I love this story. It's a massive roller coaster with Jesus. There's 5,000 people. They just got fed. You know it just came from two small loaves of bread and a few sardines. Like, like maybe the crowd didn't see it, but you saw it. The disciples saw it. And you're looking there. 5,000 people are fed. And then all of a sudden, they're alone in the middle of a storm on a boat. So this is, this is, they're up here, they're like, yay, Jesus. And then all of a sudden they're down here, we're, we're gonna die. All right, sounds like a lot of our lives of faith, right? So then all of a sudden they're terrified, they're looking at a ghost, and then Simon Peter decides to walk on water, and then he's walking on water, and we're like, our friend Simon Peter's walking on water. And then all of a sudden he starts to drown, and uh, Jesus says, come on out, and then he starts to drown, and then he gets scared, he sinks, and then he's rebuked by Jesus for losing his faith, and yet, as far as I know, there's only two people in the history of the world that have ever walked on water. You may know somebody else, but I don't. Jesus and Simon Peter. This is, this is, this is, uh, this story's crazy. All the disciples imagine they're freaking out and they're talking to each other and some of them are pointing at a storm and they're talking about we're gonna die and some of them are pointing at a ghost and we're saying, they're all saying, okay, we're gonna die. And then some saying, well, there's Jesus. Get him to come over here. And then there's Simon Peter, the lunatic, who yells out, out of nowhere, if it's you, tell me to come to you. And Jesus says, in other words, this is, and Peter says, in other words, I want to hear your voice. There's a lot of voices going on. There's a roller coaster of stuff going on around me. There are so many voices. There's some, imagine 12 guys in a boat and it's about to sink. Get your best friends around you. Get your, your old baseball team from high school. Just imagine back, hearken back to the day you put them all in the boat with you. What is the language in the boat? Don't say it out loud. All right, we're gonna have to kick you out. All right, what's happening? It's crazy. There's so many voices. And then there's Simon Peters. and He goes, there's only one voice that I wanna hear. If it's you, talk to me. I want to hear your voice. 
tell me to come out to you. And what does Jesus say? No, are you crazy? You'll drown if you come out here. <laughs> I'm God, I can do this. He goes, yeah, man, come on. It's almost like he was waiting on someone to ask him, can I come out there with you? You ever, you ever just been like waiting, just hanging out on, on something to happen? Like you're just, what, you're just kind of, I feel like that's Jesus. Like he's standing there and he's kind of like, but he doesn't want to say anything. He's just waiting on somebody to say, hey, can I hear your voice? That's the, that's, the, that's the picture that I get in my mind. This whirlpool of voices, and what sticks out to me is this guy filters through all of the commotion, all of the, all of the voices, and he says this, there's only one voice that matters. There's only one voice that matters. Every day, you and I make the same decision. Whose voice are we going to value? Whose voice are we going to prioritize? And one of the most dangerous heart postures that we can have is to be a follower of Jesus, but without a desire to hear his voice. It's a a dangerous place to be. In fact, the Israelites, the children of Israel, were there um, in that same place. Moses has led them into the wilderness. They've seen some pretty amazing things. Moses gets the Ten Commandments written by God on these tablets, and he comes down and he shares the tab- he shares the commandments, he shares the law with, with the people, what God has said. And this is their response, Exodus chapter 20. And then when the people saw the thunder and lightning and heard the trumpet, there's this massive commotion on the mountain because God showed up. When they saw it and they saw the mountain in smoke, they trembled with fear. Remember all the disciples on the boat trembling in fear when they saw the ghost, when they saw ghost Jesus walking on the water? And so they stayed at a distance and they said to Moses, speak to us yourself and we'll listen, but don't have God speak to us or we'll die. In other words, I don't want to hear his voice. I just want to hear your voice. And this is where I think a lot of us find ourselves today. We, we if we're not careful, we don't really want God to speak to us. We're okay with being around the things of God and maybe even some people in our life that we know of that we think, oh, they probably hear from God. But we don't want God to speak to us. Imagine, imagine, so I've got three kids and imagine I do everything for them. I take care of them. uh, I let them live in my house. So kind. I feed them, drive them around where they need to go, take them to soccer practice, to a team that I now coach. I'm not bitter about it at all. I do all these, I do all the stuff for them. I provide for everything that they, they need, you know. I drive them to school and I take them around. But everything I provide, but they still don't want to listen to me. All right? Maybe some of you guys can relate. You provide for everything, but they still don't want to listen. Me and my kids would be related. We just wouldn't be in relationship. And there's a difference. I, um... The truth is it's the same with God. We, we can't be in relationship with someone that we never listen to. We can be related. We can be called to be a son or a daughter of God, which we talked about last week. Which there's, there's, there's no greater revelation. There's no greater continual revelation throughout your walk of faith with Jesus your entire life than realizing over and over again that no matter what I've done, I'm still a son. I'm still a daughter of God. There's nothing greater. It's being related. But it's, it's really hard 
to, have a, to, to be in relationship with God. You can be related, but in yet, if you don't want to listen, and if I don't want to listen, then we're not really in relationship. It's the, uh, it's the same with God. We can't be in relationship with someone we never want to listen to. It's, it's secondhand faith is what it is. It's, imagine, it's, it's, uh, you can call it secondhand Jesus. So imagine um, Simon Peter, he's in, he's in the boat with the other disciples, and they see Jesus walking on the water, and he's, he's kind of in the back of the boat, and so he can't really hear what's going on, and so John's sitting next to him. And so John can hear everything that's going on, and so Simon Peter, he's like, hey man, what's Jesus saying? And imagine John goes, hey, he said it's him, Jesus, and he wants you to come out there to see him. And Simon Peter's like, <laughs> no, for real. No, for real, like, what's he saying? And John goes, no, no, no. He's telling you to come out there to see him. And he goes, no, man, I know you're messing with me, just like you would too, and I would too, if somebody told us Jesus wants us to go walk on water and we didn't hear it for, for ourselves. Imagine, he would never have gone out there. That's why secondhand Jesus will never give you firsthand faith. For us to walk a life of faith, it is right and good to come together and pull from the faith of others. Yet at the same time, there is a point where we have to hear from the Lord for ourselves. If, if you've grown up in church, there, we, have, we, have a, we, have a, we have a new church. And uh, like I said, everybody's new. And, um, and so we got a lot of people that, are, that have grown up in church. We got a lot of people that have not grown up in church and everything in between. And so if you're wondering if you fit, let me just tell you, you fit, Okay. If, but if you, if you have grown up in church and you, uh, and you still think, man, I, 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 know, I really have no idea what it's like to have a God thought. Like, I have no idea what, what, the, what it's like to have to feel like, oh, man, I wonder if that's a, an impression from God that, that he has for me. Or I've never, I don't know that I've really ever felt God communicate to me. I want to say this. Most of that isn't your fault. It's, it, it's not. Too, I, I, I think too often, like the, like the Israelites, we want someone else to hear God for us, whether it's a, a, a pastor or um, a YouTube, you know, a, a preacher on YouTube, or maybe a, a friend, a spouse, a grandma that, you know, has strong faith. We want somebody to hear for us, but we're, we're never meant to hear from God primarily through one person. Just this one, I have to go to this one person because I can't ever hear myself. I need to hear from this one person. So the primary reason we come to church is not to hear someone tell us what God said. Then if that's not why, then why do we come to church? The reason we come to church is a couple of things. One is to worship God. The other one is to cultivate a relationship with others, with God and others is to cultivate that relationship. It, 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 um, uh, Acts chapter 2, this is right after Jesus basically starts the church. He's like the, he's the original church planner, right? Acts of the, apostle, that's the, of the apostles, that's the book of Acts. Like what did the church start out to do? What were their acts? Like what did they do? And so Acts chapter 2, Jesus is talking, and um, uh, I'm sorry, the, Jesus has gone up to be with, the Father, he sends the Holy Spirit, and here's the church, the first expression of the church. So what does the first church look like? The church that Jesus started. 
Acts chapter 2 says this, all the believers devoted themselves, they came together, they gathered together, and they devoted themselves to the, to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, and to sharing in meals, and to prayer. To teaching, to fellowship, to hanging out. Some of you guys love to hang out, and you're like, man, I just wish, I wish hanging out was more holy. Then I would feel like, I would feel holier. Hanging out is holy. Like it is. It's like the second thing in the Bible that, that, that Jesus said that the church did. They taught each other and they hung out. Then they ate together. Some of you are like, okay, I'm on track now. I'm, I'm, I'm following with you, Joel. They, they heard the teaching. They hung out. They ate together. And then they prayed. This is the expression of the gathering together. Why? Because everybody comes together and they all have something to bring to the Lord's table. Now, there are roles, there are gifts, there are lessons, there are things to be given, and there's an order there, but every, if you're wondering if you fit, and if you're wondering if you're going, no, 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 my role, Joel, is just to come in here and not talk to anybody and sit down and listen to what whoever has the microphone has to say, I'm telling you, that is part of it, that we are to listen to the teaching of the Word. The other part is to come with what God's given you and he's put it in you. And one of the reasons that we think, if you've grown up in church and you go, well, my, I, I just thought the whole purpose was to show up and, and hear from God and I can't hear him on my, uh, by myself, is because a lot of us as pastors have cultivated a tradition that really isn't even biblical. We brought you into a place and we said, okay, hear what I have to say. Make sure you come on Sunday because hear what I have to say because you can't hear it anywhere else. Well, guess what? God has a word and he's speaking and there's more there's a word for you and for me, but at the same time, there's a relationship to be cultivated. We can't just do it just by grasping little pieces here and there, wherever we can find it. So here are, um, so, so, so the question is, how do we, how do we uh, cultivate an awareness of God's presence and his voice? So how do we follow the cloud of God's voice? The answer is, is we have to be willing to listen. So a couple practical steps to finding the frequency, tuning into God's frequency. God speaks, so, so what, is that, what does that sound like? First one is um, slow down. Slow down. Man, we are going, aren't we? Life, life is going. We had, a, we had a huge pause. We had to hit the brakes with COVID, and yet somehow there were so many things that stopped Yet everybody I talk to still talks about how slammed they are, how busy they are, if nothing else, just in their own brains. And that's probably you. That's me too. Like how is it that the world stopped and yet our brains sped up? And so we have to, we have to, slow, we have to slow down. I, I, I read, I don't even know if this is true. I read it on the internet. It's probably not, but part of it is probably true. That we make 35,000 decisions a day. I don't even know how that's possible, but it's scientists said it. 35,000 decisions. I, the point of it is this, is that we make so many, things are going through our brain at such a fast pace. The question is how many of those are spent creating an environment to hear God speak? The, 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 the kingdom of heaven, God's kingdom, advances or retreats one thought at a time. It starts it moves forward or it moves backward. One, one thought at a time. That's where, the, that's where the battleground is. And so ways to, a few ways to make decisions 
uh, to use decisions to create an environment for God to speak. Just a couple of questions you can ask yourself. One of them is, uh, in my day, some of you guys, uh, some of you guys listen to music while you're working or, or, or doing stuff. I ask you this question. If I took a, just a broad collective of all the music that I've listened to in a week, like what, what is the message? What is that that's going into my brain and going into my soul? I was just, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good question to ask. What, is, what all is coming in here? And is it cultivating an awareness of God's presence or is it just maybe just, just, just life, just culture, just whatever, just stuff, just distraction? Um, another one is what is, the, what is the tone of my conversation with others? How's my tone? You ever asked that question? Have you asked that question recently? That's a good one to come across regularly. How's my tone? How's my tone? Why? How am I cultivating a relationship, uh, an environment to hear God speak? Here's a question. What am, I, what am I anxious about? Am I thinking about concerns for tomorrow or am I focused on the grace for today? Is my brain focused on tomorrow? And I can say, yes, that's a regular thing for me. Regularly, I have to reel in my brain off of tomorrow. Jesus actually says, don't worry about tomorrow. Like Jesus said that. That's a command. Don't worry about tomorrow. Can I say this? You don't owe Jesus your stress and anxiety in order to get him to respond for tomorrow. You don't, have to, you don't owe him that. You don't be like, well, you see how stressed out I am, God? Are you really going to move now? Well, it doesn't, that does, stress doesn't impress him. God's gift that he asks you, what he asks you to bring to him and what he asks you to bring uh, what, what he asked me to bring to him is our burdens and our anxiety. He says, give it to me. Know your anxiety does not impress me <laughs> because I told you to give it to me and you won't give it to me, you're hanging on to it. But I've got a trade for you. If you'll give me your anxiety for tomorrow, I'll give you grace and peace for today. So how are you cultivating an awareness of God's presence? One thing that we can do is we can slow down. You don't owe God 100 mile an hour thoughts. He gives peace for today. That's all, that's, and he's got enough. If he's gonna take care of the birds and the lilies in the field, he can take care of his kids. The next one is um, uh, um, engage the scriptures. Engage the scriptures. These are tuning the frequency. Remember, we're trying to, we're trying to find the frequency of God's voice. Where's, where's God's voice? Engage the scripture. What God has already said prepares you for what God is going to say. He's never going to say anything to you that goes against what is in the Word. And so you want to, you want to dig into the Scriptures. But don't read it. You and I have been taught in school to, to, read, like we, uh, to read stuff like we read newspapers or, or uh, an article. Uh, you're like, I haven't picked up a newspaper in about a decade. Um, to, to, you, you, you're, you're just gleaning for information. You know, I'm scrolling through. I, um, uh, I, I, like, I'm on, I, I get on Facebook but all my time that is on Facebook is I get stuck on articles. Like, I don't know if that just, I don't know if I just, that says how old I am. I don't know. I just, but I don't really look at posts. I just end up reading, I'm stuck reading articles. And I'm gleaning information. I'm like, I got to find out what's happening. The world's about to blow up. All right. And so, but, but that's not how we engage with the scriptures. The way, how we engage with the scriptures, actually, the uh, scripture tells us regularly to, to meditate on God's word. Um, to, uh, in fact, there's a, there's a word there that talks about, uh, in Isaiah, it's talking about like a lion uh, growls over its prey. It's the same word that you would use like 
if you think about like a dog that's gnawing on, on a bone. So I got, I got a dog, and he's terrible right now. And we're just praying over him, and he's going he's gonna to get better. Um, he's not awesome. He's about nine months old. I feel like that should be like time enough. You know, he should be good now. And, um, but one of the things he did, Lindsay told me the other day, it was so funny. He, is, he, he got a bone. He had a dog bone, and he went over in the yard, and he dug a hole <laughs> like he loves to do. And dug a hole. He was chewing on the bone. He put the bone in the hole, covered it back up, and ran off, rolled around in the ground, and then ran back to the hole, dug it back up, picked up the bone, and started chewing on it again. He's like a legit, like a, like a, like a walking dog cliche. Like, that's what you expect. That's what you see dogs do in cartoons, right? They get in there, and they chew on the bone. They're gnawing on it. I, I took a picture the other day and sent it to Lindsay while she was at work because why not? And he's just upside down with his legs out like this, and he's chewing on the bone, but the bone's just kind of all over. Just gnawing on it. This is a nasty dog. The word for study or for meditate on Scripture that we find in the Bible is that same picture. Not let me blaze through this article of Acts chapter 2, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to gnaw on this Scripture. I'm going to meditate on it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to somebody about it. I'm going to bring it to somebody. I'm be like, hey, what do you think about that? <laughs> like a dog brings you his bone. He's like, throw it. I mean, you, just, you bring it to somebody and you go, hey, what do you think about this? And you spend time in it. So you engage with the scriptures. How do you cultivate an awareness of God's presence? You, you meditate on the scripture. And, and it's intense. It is complicated. It is difficult. Don't ever let anybody tell you that scripture is super easy to, to understand. There are parts of it that are easy to understand. And then there's Leviticus. I'm just telling you. But just because, it's, just because it's complicated doesn't mean God doesn't want to help you and that there aren't layers there that God can bring you into. You, you, you start off and don't, don't have the idea of, well, I don't get it all, so I'm never going to stop. It's just stop, start. Just start. Um, so engage, cultivate an awareness of God's presence by engaging with the Scriptures. Another one is just seek after God. Seek God. Change, look at changing our patterns, our schedule. Jesus often went away to lonely places to pray. He feeds the 5,000, then he goes off by himself. And then he shows up to the disciples on the water, walking on water. He, but he was alone. So you change up your pattern. You go, you know what, I've, I've got an extra hour, I've got an extra this time, and, and, and I'm going to go, I'm just going to put my brain on Jesus for a while. I'm going to turn on some worship music. I'm going to, maybe I'll read a psalm or maybe I'll just go try to pray and use all the words that I got. Use all the words you got. And if you run out in three minutes, just sit there in silence and let your heart pray to God. You seek, you seek after God. That's how you cultivate an awareness. You, you, the other thing that you do, another way is to pursue godly relationships. Pursue godly relationships. Get around people that look like Jesus, not just those that claim to hear God. You ever known anybody that claims to know God, but they're just a terrible human? Don't, they may, maybe they don't hear, don't say their name. Don't look at them. You, 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 I don't think you can hear God's voice regularly. And um, let me say it this way. Just because somebody claims to hear God's voice doesn't mean that, that they are going to look like Jesus and that you and I need to hang around them. But find somebody who looks like Jesus and maybe the words, maybe these words will never come out of their mouth. I've got a word from God for you, and here it is. 
Those words may never come out of their mouth. But the words of encouragement and life-giving words, that tone, that language will come out because what does Jesus think, what does God think about you? God thinks about you what he thinks about Jesus. He doesn't think about you what you think about you. God thinks about you how he thinks about Jesus and he has life-giving words for you because he came so that you and I might have life, life on top of life on top of life. And so how do we cultivate a God awareness? How do we tune that frequency? We get around people, we, get the, get, we, we pursue godly relationships. We go, I, I, don't, I, don't even, I don't even really totally know this person, but it's, it's okay. Take, take a step into uncomfortableness and just be like, hey, um, hey man, I was just wondering if you, you know, you and a couple guys wanted to go get some coffee or you want to go hang out or want to, whatever, what, what does that next step look like for you? Get around godly people. It'll, it'll, it'll work its way into you. And then you'll find people doing the same for you. In time, you'll, you'll find the same. The other one is this. Tune the frequency. You want to ask for confirmation. Ask for confirmation. Um, so you just want to ask God. You're like, God, I feel like you're, I feel like you're wanting me to take this next step. But I need to know, is that, I don't even know if that's really from you. So ask for confirmation. Say, you know, go and, go and talk to somebody. See what they think. Ask God. Like, hey, God, will you show me? Is this from you? Does it, does it lead you? To, do you, um, when, you're, when you're thinking about this next step, do you see that decision in other places? Is, is there like a, like, a, like a sacred echo? Are you noticing it in, in, in other places? Are you hearing it more than one place? Here's a question. Does that decision require faith? Most, most of our decisions with Jesus require faith. They, re, they require faith. Another one, does it lead you toward Jesus? The, um, Jesus' obedience determines our identity. It's what we learned last week. Jesus' obedience determines our identity. Because he was obedient, you and I get to be a son and daughter of God. But our obedience determines our intimacy. How, how close do we want to be with God? You're as close to God as you and I want to be. And so if we obey and if we listen and we pursue him, that is what determines the level of relationship that we have with God. So the question is, what, is, uh, what does obedience require of you? What, what will obedience require of you? What will following God require of you? Simon Peter, he was like, hey, if it's you, tell me to walk out on the water. And the other disciples were like, see you, man. You ain't coming back from this. You come back. What, is, what, what will it require of you? For some of us, it will, obedience, it will require uh, maybe a, a, a change in salary at our job. Um, maybe it'll cost some friends. Maybe it'll change the dynamic in our friendships. Maybe it'll change some of our reputation. Where we go, man, I just don't want people to view me like that. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to share my faith. They're going to look at me and they're going to be like, there comes, there comes Joel with the Bible in his hand. It may change your, that, it, what is, what is it going to cost? Because it does cost. It, it, it does cost. And so what is, what does that obedience require of you? You got to think about Jesus. Think about Jesus' reputation. I, th- I think it's easy to think that Jesus didn't care how people viewed him because he's Jesus. He's like, <laughs> think what you want, I'm God. I just walked on the water. 
all right? I mean, it's, it's easy for us to think he didn't care about his reputation. I think he did. I think he did. I don't, I, think he, I don't think he liked people. You got the religious people who called him a hypocrite. They said he's a drunkard and a glutton and he's crazy. They called him a hypocrite. Those were the religious people. And then the crowd that followed him, they were like, oh yeah, he fed us you know, food for the day and it was great. And then until one day, till he gives them a very difficult lesson, a difficult teaching, and they all leave. And Jesus has nobody. He turns around to look at the disciples. There's nobody left. The 5,000 people are gone. He turns around and looks at the disciples. He goes, are you going to go too? Are you going to leave too? So, so, it, so look at where, where, where Jesus is. And the disciples are like, we don't have anywhere to go. Where else are we going to go? We're going to follow you. Um, I think that, uh, why, so, so the question is, why did God lead Israel out of Egypt? Why did God lead Israel out of Egypt? Most would say to take them to the promised land. Most would say take them to the promised land. But the first place he led them actually wasn't the promised land. Exodus chapter four says this, he led them out so that, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lead you out so that he may worship me. God wants us to enjoy the promiser before they enjoyed the promises. God wants us to enjoy the promiser before we enjoy the promises. God has good promises for us. He's got a, he's got a life of peace and joy and righteousness. Now, there's always a caveat. I'm always going to say this because, because God says it. It doesn't, it's not going to look like what you think it looks like. God's promises and his blessings are defined by God. Ultimately, it's for our good. We'll see it as for our good, and we'll see what God does. But his goal, his promises are life, joy, and peace. So Peter walking on the waters, one of the most amazing stories to me in all of Scripture. I just think it's super fun. Um, I grew up uh, attending church. I went to Sunday school. Uh, any of you guys ever go to, you remember going to Sunday school? I think some churches, a lot of churches still have some I would go to Sunday school, and we had, to, we had the, the children's lesson on the board. It was a felt board. You know what felt boards are? It's like, it's like a little carpet. I don't even know. It just somehow these cut-out paper things just stayed there. And I'd come and take them off, and I'd be like, how does this work? One of my favorite things was, was Simon Peter walking on water. I, I, it, it's just, it's, a, it's an amazing story. God's always inviting us to come closer to him. So Simon Peter says, if it's you, tell me to come out to you. And Jesus says, well, come on then. And it's in those moments we think we're gonna sink in our greatest insecurities that we realize we're in God's security. The cloud, following the cloud, cloud loves to lead us where we've never been before so that we can move from self-consciousness to God awareness. There is a next step for you. There is a next step for me. It could look like uh, a, a lot of different things. There's a, uh, there is a next step. I was talking to a, a pastor mentor friend this week, and uh, he called to check on me, which I love. I need people checking on me. You need people checking on you. He called to check on me. I felt, I felt um, loved. He called. He said, hey, man, just calling to check on you. And so He's asking some, some questions. 
probing questions. So tell me this. And I'm like, and I just find myself just, you know, it's, it, it's, it's a, he's a friend I can speak freely to and uh, has been where we've been. And so I'm telling him all that the church has gone through and, and, and then I'm telling him all the things that, that God has brought us through, through all that. I said, man, this is crazy. And I'm telling him story after story. And I'm like, this is crazy. Like, I didn't, I didn't expect this, and I didn't expect this, and I didn't expect this. But then God keeps showing up, and he does this, and he does this, and he does this. And I said, it's crazy, but I really, I'll be honest with you, I said, I don't really want to be anywhere else. Like, I don't know what, I don't know what this looks like in the future. But I'm, I'm there with God. Like, we're in it. And he goes, you know, he said, I talk to guys all the time. He's a, uh, he's a, uh, like a, a, a pastor, counselor, pastor, mentor. He said, I talk to guys all the time. And um, he said, I just talked to another guy this week He's in ministry. And he said, he said, you know, he said, all the time they'll say, guys will say, hey, I just, I really, uh, I really am thinking God's leading me to do this thing over here. Or I think this is the next step for me over there. And he, and he said, I asked the question, well, what, 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 what is keeping you from doing that? And he said that never fails. There's always a list of comforts. There's lots of comforts, things that just keep them from moving. It's the same. It doesn't matter whether it's ministry or whether it's uh, just like a good job, like a regular, just a regular job like the rest of us. That, it doesn't matter. It's the same. And they'll, they'll list all the, whether it's salaries or comforts or the, or the, or the, or the space where they are or the, or the, the rhythm, the, expect, the expectation of rhythm. They know what that rhythm is. He says that, that, that keeps them from moving. But he says there's nothing really oftentimes in, in their lives, and some of these people I've talked to, that requires faith. It didn't require faith anymore. There's nothing that shows evidence of a relationship with God, just a belief in God, which was... Encouraging to me because I'm and because I'm every other day I'm turning around and I'm like are you with me are you with me God are you with me we are we are we gonna do are we gonna do this but you and I that that is the that is the walk of faith that you and I are called to and it and it it doesn't have to seem like career changing decisions I just use that example to 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 make it clear they don't they don't have to seem like these career-changing decisions, it, it, can be, it, it can be anything. It's, 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 it's what is it in your life that you're going, God, what, what, um, I don't know that I can do this. So, so here's the question. What is it that um, God is calling you to that you think that you just can't? What is the next step that God's calling you to where you just go, I, I just think, I don't, I don't think I can. It could be, it could be, you know, God, I don't think I can raise this kid. You know, God, I don't think I can uh, stay in this season. God, I don't think I can. I don't think I can share my faith. That's a that's a big step. God, I don't think I can make this change. Or God, I don't think I can get out of this relationship. Or God, I don't think I can do this. Or I don't think I can go there. Or I don't think I can say that. So the the question this morning is, in order for us to grow in our frequency tuning to God's voice, God's always gonna it's always gonna call us. We say, God, if that's you, tell me to come to you. And this is what he says. Come on then. Get out of the boat. I don't want to get out of the boat. Well, then you don't walk on water then. So 
What is it? You're in here, if you do this, just close your eyes. I want to ask you. There's a next step of growing in our faith and our hearing of God's voice for all of us. It, it is likely that that next step, if you said it out loud, doesn't sound externally significant, but it is a significant faith step in our heart. And for you and for me, maybe that's why we haven't necessarily taken it because it's, it's a big faith step. So what is that in our lives where we say, God, I just can't. God's response to us is that his grace is sufficient for us and his power is made perfect in our weakness. Truth is, is you and I will never believe God is all we need until God is all we have. So I wanna pray for those in you that you just say, in here that you just say, Joel, I just want a deeper relationship with Jesus where I am. It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't look like walking on water, but for me personally, it feels like walking on water because it's a big step. And I just want a deeper relationship with Jesus. If that's you in here, nobody's looking around. It's just, just me, me and the Holy Spirit. If that's you, just raise your hand real, real high and then you can put it right back down. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Maybe you're in here and you say, I, Joel, I just want, I just want like boldness to make a few key decisions for my next step that God's calling me into. I just, I, I just need some courage. I just need courage. I, I, feel like, I feel like God's wanting me to take another step. And it could be something I listed. It could be something totally different. I just need courage for that. That's a good prayer. Can I just encourage you? That is a good prayer. That's a, that's a, that's a biblical prayer. There's one of the, one of the disciples was talking, uh, or one of the uh, one of the people that Jesus ended up healing, he said, um, Jesus said, do you believe I can do this? He says, yes, 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 I do believe, but help my unbelief. So there's some belief there, but there's still some unbelief there. And I just, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm torn. And so Jesus helped my unbelief. Maybe that's your prayer this morning. And you just go, I need some courage and I want God to help my unbelief. That unbelief bucket, I, I, I need that to, I need that to fill up. If that's you, you say, I, would you pray for me for courage, key decisions, next steps that I'm taking, and I need, I need God to fill that unbelief bucket. If that's you, raise your hand real, real high. Put it back down. That's so many of us. Absolutely. You know why there's so many of us? Yes. Because God's always calling us closer in relationship with him. Only makes sense that there's hands all over the room because that's what he's always doing. He's doing that in you. He's doing that in me. He's doing that in this church. God's always, if we're listening, he's talking. God, I love you this morning. I'm, I'm so grateful to be in this room, to be able to share the love that you have for us and the desire you have for a deeper relationship with your church. Always calling us deeper. God, I pray for those that have lifted their hand this morning. I pray that you would pour out courage as they begin to take those steps, step of faith, as they begin to take those steps, God, would you begin to just encourage, pour courage into them. Encourage them in Jesus' name. God, I pray for those that raise their hand and need to take a next step with you. God, I just want a deeper relationship with you. What a, what a Jesus prayer. What a good prayer. That, 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 that prayer actually didn't even come originate from them. You put that desire in them. You put that desire for that desire in them. 
And so, God, I pray that you do that. Draw our church closer to you as you draw our hearts and, and soften them toward the people in this city that need hope, need peace, need Jesus. We pray that you break our hearts with the things that break your heart. In Jesus' name. Well, good morning, everybody. It's a lot of familiar faces and some that I've never met. So if, um, if it's your first time here, I just want to welcome you as a part of Four Corners. Uh, thank you for being with us today. For those of you online, if it's your first time with us, welcome as well. There should have been a bulletin on every chair in here in the room. So if it's your first time and you want to just jot on that connection card your name and maybe uh, your address, I'd love the opportunity to write you a card just thanking you for being here with us today uh, for those of you online just click that connect form in the feed and that'll shoot me some information as well but I just love the chance to personally say thank you for being with us today um, I wanted to put a little uh, word out I did a couple of weeks ago and I'm um, just a reminder because it's coming up our youth who most of them are over on the other side with the children uh, today, um, they are going on a beach retreat. That sounds fun, right? Anybody want to chaperone? Um, do what? <laughs> it is actually really fun. We used to do that for forever. But they're going this summer um, to a week-long church camp that is happens to be at the beach. And so they're raising money for that and, by doing a yard sale. That's going to be on May the 15th uh, with our youth uh, workers who are throwing that. So um, a few weeks ago, I just said, hey, if you're going to go through your house, you have anything that you're like, oh, I need to get rid of that. We'll take it. And we're, they're going to um, be able to, to do that yard sale. So if you found stuff or this is your first time hearing about it and you want to donate anything, um, Amanda, I'll point you out. Will you wave? Uh, Amanda and her husband, Andrew and Katie, actually, beside, they work with our youth. Uh, and do a student small group. So they're the ones kind of gathering everything. She'll hang out for a couple minutes after church today and even next week if you want to connect with her, like she can get something from you. Y'all can meet at her house. You can bring it on a Sunday. But I just want to make sure you knew they're still doing that. And if you've got something you want to bring or connect with her about, that'd be awesome. Uh, so for those of you um, who are givers, I just want to say, Thank you for giving to Four Corners Church. I've been reading this week through the New Testament, looking at giving stuff, and what always sticks out to me, Jesus always said, um, you know, store up your treasures in heaven, not here on earth. And uh, in fact, it starts in the beginning. It's like, sell everything you have and give it to the needy. <laughs> He's like, don't, don't, don't worry about getting. And I just see that heart as he says, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. And I've noticed that with so many of you, you all are so generous and so selfless. And I just want to say thank you because you are helping to push the ministry of the church forward in our city. And that is just awesome. So um, as a, a pastor with Joel, we say thank you. And I'm sure the community, they may not be there to gather those words, but they say thank you too. So many people in our city have been affected by our church or will be affected. So thank you for giving to um, Four Corners as we are committed to serving uh, Huntsville. 
And so if you are a giver or you are wanting to give, there are a couple of different ways online. You can give by text or by cash or check, which you can drop off on the, one of the back tables back there. Uh, let me pray real quick over those uh, offerings today and over what opportunities we're going to have this, this upcoming month. Father, we partner with you, gladly partner with you to reach our city. You have so generously blessed us. You've blessed our family, you've blessed our church, those in our church. And God, we just ask you to keep it in the forefront of our mind. It is not our goal to store up treasures here on earth. Our goal is to uh, give to the vision, your vision for our city, to store up our treasures in heaven because those can't be destroyed. And God, I pray that our heart stays uh, connected to what your heart stays connected to, to your people who don't yet know the hope of Jesus. And I pray, Father, that we can move forward uh, in the next month and even into the summer. God, open our eyes to where you want us, to who you want us to minister to, to who we should give to, and may we welcome them to your table. Let them know that you are so very near to them and you love them so deeply. We commit this next month as we're here at the Lumberyard and uh, wherever we're going to end up being, God, we commit it to you that we are about your business and about your ministry. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, let me encourage you. Uh, please remember to pray. Uh, I, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not saying that lightly. I, I, believe, I believe in prayer and what God's done is through, for some, for some reason, God, God has decided that prayer is the communication with him and also the pathway to how he extends his hand and, and accomplishes his purpose in the city. And so we've got uh, some conversations that are coming up this week about our church that are, that are very, very exciting. And I, would, and I really want God's best for you for our church. And so would you commit that to prayer this week? I, I, I promise you, um, as God is growing our church in, in, uh, in relationship with him and our understanding of prayer, God's going to continue to guide us and show us how he has paved the way. All right, so do this. Hold out your hands like this. Let me pray for you. May you, may, may your capacity for God awareness this week be expanded. May you sense his presence when you're coming and when you're going, when you're at home and when you're driving around. And may you begin to hear the voice of God speak and call you into that next step, which is deeper into relationship with him, more than you ever have before. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, love you guys. We'll see y'all this next week.